every three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a child connected to care dies, said Kenneth Jackson. In this podcast, you will learn about the lack of funding for Indigenous foster kids and the result of this problem. Then I'll tell you the story of Cassandra and how her life was the cost of these problems in the Ontario Indigenous Child Welfare System. In 2013, the average foster kid in Windsor received $91,000 per year. This money was used to pay foster parents for the care they are providing, food, funding for counsellors, costs for check-ins from support workers, and the cost for investigation of new and potential foster homes, where in Thunder Bay, an organization for Indigenous kids called Dilico only received $44,000 per foster child for equivalent expenses. Each Indigenous child received less than half of what any non-Indigenous child receives. Over a period of five years, three Indigenous companies called Tihagan Child and Family Services, Dilico Anishinaabe Family Care, and James and Hudson Bay Family Services were underfunded by $400 million combined between the three. And that's only three of the 12 Indigenous organizations we have in Ontario. Dilico, on its own, was underfunded by $137 million in those same five years. This shows that the government thinks non-Indigenous children are worth more and that they are more important. Canada is putting a price on the Indigenous kids and setting them up for failure. Due to this underfunding and lack of proper care, 102 Indigenous children died between 2013 and 2017. But many believe the number of deaths to be much higher because this 102 is only the recorded deaths and not the kids who have gone missing. But according to the coroner's office chart of Ontario, there has only been 19 recorded deaths. This number was based on how the province defined children in care. When they say children in care, they're referring to kids in foster homes, group homes, jail, or in the hospital. But there are many other ways to be connected to the system, as in former foster kids, kids who aged out of the system or got sent back to their biological families, and kids the system is monitoring. 48 of the 102 deaths happened in the two years it took the Trudeau government to respond to multiple orders made by the Human Rights Tribunal. Canada was guilty of purposely underfunding on-reserve child welfare to save money and make budgets. Sydney Blackstock is a Canadian activist that was leading the fight against the Canadian government on the underfunding of Indigenous foster children. She says, Nothing the government can do will make up for the wrong it consciously perpetrated against kids. I want to emphasize that it was conscious. It wasn't an accident.
So in 2007, we filed a human rights complaint against the federal government, alleging that they are currently racially discriminating against 163,000 children across this country. For the next six years, the federal government would fight tooth and nail to try and get it thrown out on legal technicalities so the facts would never be heard by the Canadian people. But thankfully, they were unsuccessful. And in 2013, for the first time in the world, a national country went on trial for its current treatment of First Nations children before a body that can make a binding order. Cassandra. Cassandra was one of the 12 children, eight of whom were Indigenous, that were in the Chief's Coroner Report about children's death in Ontario. Cassandra was described as intelligent, energetic, and a charming individual. She loved to dance, sing, and do gymnastics. Cassandra was in her childhood home with her biological parents and brother until the age of 12, but there were reports of violence from intimate partners and substance use. Over the course of Cassandra's life, she was diagnosed with Attentive Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, Mood Dysregulation Disorder, and Generalized Anxiety Disorder. Cassandra's behavior was challenging for her mom. At a very young age, she began to get violent and aggressive. Cassandra was seven when the foster system became involved in her life, and an in-home intervention was put in place. Starting at age seven, Cassandra's mom requested assistance many times, but nothing was done. Between then and when she was placed in the foster system, there were many instances requiring police and hospital-based mental health services. When Cassandra was removed from her home, she was placed into seven different placements. Some mental health services were provided while Cassandra was in residential care, but not enough, and she continued to struggle. In Cassandra's final placement, she was with staff and two other kids. Though there were no records to the state of the other kids, there were indications that they had special needs as well. Questions about the number of staff on site started to surface, but they didn't have any more money to hire. A few weeks later, Cassandra died, and her death was determined by the coroner to be a homicide by smoke inhalation. The incident was caused by a child getting angry and not having enough staff to calm them. Cassandra and two other staff members locked themselves in a second floor bedroom to get away, and the fire was started on the first floor. This is just one story. Another is Jordan, who spent his entire life in the hospital because the government and agency were fighting over who should pay the medical bills for two years. Kenya Turtle, who committed suicide because of the lack of check-ins and counseling. A girl who was placed in a known sex offender's house with pedophile tendencies. An infant with a crowded crib. They're all different stories, but after a while, they all start to sound the same. Every three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a child connected to care dies.
This podcast was hosted and edited by me, Alana Becker. And for more information, go to CanadaLand and listen to episode 299, Today's Crisis, Tomorrow's Apology, Indigenous Death in the Child Welfare System, or read Death as Expected by Kenneth Jackson, or Safe with an Intervention in the report on the expert panel on the death of children and youth in residential placements, written by the Chief Coroner of Ontario.